It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, John McDermott. Hey everybody, it's a great day to talk about some X-Wing. And if we sound a little bit rough here, it's uh, we're recording much earlier than we normally do. We're recording at about uh, 8 a.m., which I know is not that early for people who have to wake up very early. Um, but we're used to recording at about, I don't know, 8 or 9 p.m., so this is a little bit of a change for us. A little bit different, but uh, got to do what you got to do to make the content for the people. So here we are. And we just, we couldn't feel, we felt like we really couldn't miss a week this week. So we're here, we're doing another entry in our Essential Starfighter series. This week we're going to be focusing on a classic Star Wars ship, the Y-Wing, specifically the Rebel Y-Wing. The Rebel faction is home to kind of some of the most iconic ships that are really kind of definitional when we're talking about uh, essential ship types. So they've got a lot of the classic designs that we've kind of modeled our ship types after, and the Y-Wing is no exception here. It's a good example of a well-rounded ordnance ship. And it would only make logical sense after talking about the TIE Reaper last week, which is a newer ship, to talk about a more iconic original one. So we should jump right in and get started. So, of course, the series dedicated to talking about specific examples of essential ship types. Of course, in the past, we've broken down all X-Wing ships to fit into seven ship type categories. This week, we're talking about ordnance ships. So, of course, we always like to do a quick overview of the ship type before we get into the specifics of the ship we're looking at. If you want to get the full details on the ordnance ship type, you can check out episode 218 of Radio DCX. And we did do one ordnance episode focusing on the hyena-class droid bomber over in the Separatist faction. So if you want to get some slightly different insight into how that ordnance ship works, uh, give that episode a listen as well. Always good to start, though, with uh, what is an ordnance ship. So an ordnance ship, the way we've defined it in our ship types, is any ship where its primary focus is to do damage output based on secondary weapons or devices and or devices. And of course, you see that in a multitude of different ways. So you had mentioned devices. You've also got missiles, torpedoes, turrets, and cannons. Yeah, so basically any kind of, I guess you'd call it a secondary weapon, is the main way these ships do output damage output. Um, this differentiates it from things like heavy fighters and light fighters, where they are focused, obviously, on damage output. But they do it usually with a focus on their primary weapon. It's not that non-ordnance ships can't have secondary weapons. But usually the main way you're doing damage with an ordnance ship is, is with the secondary weapon. Like a primary ship may take a proton torpedo. You know, you can have an X-Wing with a proton torpedo to do that spike damage. But it's still probably going to use its primary weapon several times during that game. And for ordnance ships specifically, you generally see multiple of these different types of secondary weapons appearing on their upgrade bar. Whether that's, you know, missiles and torpedoes or turrets and devices or a cannon or a torpedo. And of course, these upgrades aren't specific to just ordnance ships. There are other ships that can carry these types of upgrades, but the ordnance ship most likely has multiple of them on its upgrade bar. And one common thread you'll see across all ordnance ships is <laughs> almost without exception, they're going to be lower on the primary attack dice. So they still have at least two attack dice as most X-Wing ships do. Every once in a while, you'll see a little bit above that, so up in the three range. But for the most part, they're going to have that lower primary value, which makes sense if their focus is on using secondary weapons. 
And those secondary weapons generally don't come cheap. So you see a lot of ordnance ship have lower agility, but higher hit points to try to help protect that investment that you're putting into them. Yeah, and that's just kind of a costing balance where typically if a ship has a higher agility, that's going to make it dramatically more expensive than if it has just higher hit point threshold. Um, because, and you'll see like in the case of the Y-Wing today, where that's that's the same thing here, where low agility, high hit points, it's going to take damage if it gets shot at, but hopefully it'll live long enough where you can actually get some payoff for the investment you've put into it. Uh, you'll also see some common trends in actions too, where every ship that's an ordnance ship has a lock action, typically because it kind of depends on that lock action to use some of its secondary weapons. You're also going to find the reload action most commonly appears on ordnance ship. It's not on all of them. But because those are the ships that really focus on that, they can have the reload action, which is kind of a, it's a pretty powerful action because sometimes those munitions get pretty expensive. So having extra charges is a big deal. Yeah, in, in general, like a lot of munitions too come with maybe two or three charges. So it's nice to have that reload action. So as the ship survives over the course of the game, you get more value out of those secondary weapon upgrades too. You'll also find, too, that uh, generally ordnance ships have more restrictive dials, so they're kind of slower, they usually don't have as many maneuvers, and they're going to have less blue maneuvers and more red maneuvers. So um, overall, not great dials typically in this. And that kind of makes sense, too, because a lot of times these ships actually aren't that expensive because it's kind of the cost is kind of built in that you're going to spend points on adding secondary weapons to them. Um, but in order to make ships inexpensive, that balance point has to come somewhere. So we see it in the form of the lower agility, and we see it in the form of having worse dials, generally. And sometimes you may have upgrades to make those dials better, or you'll see different things reflected within a chassis ability or a pilot ability that you know kind of works off of red maneuvers or... You know, maybe doing a blue is extra good for them. It kind of just depends on, uh, you know, what ship it is you're using. All right, so we've looked at what an ordnance ship is. Let's talk about the Y-Wing, though, and why the Y-Wing is special. This is obviously one of those iconic Star Wars ship designs. Honestly, I'd say in terms of, like, how iconic they are, I think a Y-Wing is up there with an X-Wing or with the Millennium Falcon, right? Like, really appearing in A New Hope, like... It's so such an interesting looking ship and was so defining for what Star Wars did to the kind of science fantasy and the science fiction genre. Um, this is up there in terms of like, oh man, I love I love the Y-Wing design. It's great. I would call it the fifth most iconic ship. Okay. Well now we gotta take a quick aside and what are the what are the other four? Uh in no particular order, I think it's X-Wing, Millennium Falcon, TIE Fighter, and Star Destroyer. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I will say it seems less iconic than those. That's fair. Still an awesome ship design, really cool. And it fits into a lot of the characteristics that we expect from ordnance ships. Um, obviously low primary, low agility at just one, high hit points with eight for how inexpensive it can be. That's really nice. Um, and, you know, it's got the lock action, reload action, and a really bad dial. So it really is kind of like your prototypical ordnance ship. Yeah, so kind of looking at some of the things that make the Rebel Y-Wing interesting is it does have access to that astromech slot. Now you may be thinking, but John and Tim, a lot of ships have access to the astromech slot. Uh, that's true. However, there are a lot of good Rebel-specific astromechs that you can put on your Y-Wings and even more really good generic ones that can give your ships a little bit of extra edge when you put them on your Y-Wing specifically. Well, and I think one of the reasons why the astromech slot is great here on the Y-Wing is that you can get some really good astromechs that are very inexpensive, and that's a huge deal when you're going to have to invest a lot of points in secondary weapons. 
So, for example, you look at the classic R4 astromech, which decreases the difficulty of all your one and two speed basic maneuvers, functionally making them blue for you in the Y-Wing. Um, that's a really great one because we know that this dial and the dial of most ordnance ships are not great, So, and you don't have access to a lot of blue maneuvers with the Y-Wing. This opens it up there, giving you blue turns, which is fantastic. Makes the ship a little bit better, too, I'd say, as a bomber, too, where you're not restricted in what you can do. It also helps a lot if you're using that reload action, which is a red action on the Y-Wing, where that stress can be pretty limiting, especially if you're limited to just a couple short straight maneuvers or a one bank. Having the R4 astromech open up your dial is really huge, and it's only two points. So that's, like, basically nothing in X-Wing. <laughs> It's without question my favorite astromech upgrade. Like if I take a ship and it doesn't have um like blue one banks or one hards, like I'm taking this upgrade every Absolutely. time. Well, it's just like it it makes the astromech slot like this kind of shows how special the astromech slot can be because there's really abilities that like this don't really exist anywhere else. Another really good astromech, uh, particularly on ordnance ships and Y-Wings, is the R3 astromech, which only comes in one point more than the R4, so it's three points, um, which lets you acquire and maintain two target locks, which is really nice. Yeah, so and that's obviously really important for ordnance ships, especially if you're doing maybe you know lower initiative Y-Wings. Though I guess, honestly, it's good on pretty much all of them. Um, being able to acquire and maintain two target locks means you can keep your target options more open. Um, especially if you're moving at an initiative where you don't know what's actually going to be an arc. It also makes it easier to line up double-modded shots, too, which, as we've seen in 2nd Edition, are a lot less common, unless you're using you know, coordinates or specific ship abilities or pilot abilities. Um, this allows you to get that second lock right away, and then the next turn, you know, you can always focus and then have a double-modded shot, hopefully with another one of your secondary weapons, if you've still got charges left, against the other ship that you got that lock on. I think another reason I, I really enjoy the Y-Wing is um, not that it does anything super special, but if you look at, like, as we get into pilots here, we'll see how inexpensive the ship is. It's such a good, cheap platform for basically anything. I particularly love it for cheap turret usage because you've got, you know, relatively inexpensive turrets like the dorsal turret, which is just a few points, um, or the, even the ion turret is only about five points right now. Um, and it's a very cheap platform for having having those turrets on there. This is something I kind of realized after the fact, too, where I discounted that for so long. But then I played against a list that I think had just like two Y-Wings with ion cannon turrets. And, oh, man, ion abilities can get really frustrating. Yeah, plus it's just really nice that, you know, having a turret gives you a rotating arc to kind of move around. And the Y-Wing is not restricted um, in terms of where it can rotate that arc to, like some of the other ships. So it basically allows you to have two firing arcs. Um, in the case of the dorsal turret, it gives you another two-die gun. Or if you take the ion cannon turret, it's three dice, but you'll only do one damage. But either way, it's really nice to have that flexibility, um, you know, if you're kind of flanking or if you think you're going to move past somebody and then they're going to stay behind you, you just you can rotate that arc. Um, if you have your R3 astromech, maybe you've got some locks still out there, and then you're still taking shots. So the, the turrets really help time on target, especially with a ship that is so slow like the Y-Wing and has a more restrictive dial in its blue maneuvers. Yeah, it's, an, it's another way to compensate for low dial quality, kind of in the same way that ships with like dedicated rear arcs. Um, it opens up their dial, so they don't have to have the best dial in the world, but they have a kind of a different way to keep the focus on their target rather than just that front arc. Um, and there's something, I mean, obviously we can talk, we could talk for a long time about the merits of turrets, 
But being able to set those arcs to the side or to the rear means that you can approach a conflict a different way where you're you're going for time on target, right? You can just kind of flank the outside while your forward arc ships are fighting in the middle in the scrum. And then the Y-Wings can just rest on the outside, peppering shots in and not really having to worry about turning around. They can just kind of keep banking or turning slightly just to keep ships in arc. You know, and if you're looking at quality over quantity too the y-wing does have access to the gunner slot and there are some really good um, rebel gunners and generic gunners that you could put on your y-wing to help increase the viability of those turret upgrades so that's always an option as well and honestly i think like one of the best values you get on the y-wing is just how many hit points it has because for four ordnance ships it's got a lot eight hit points for how inexpensive it is that's a really good point to hit point ratio so typically these things will live several shots, right? Like you expect a Y-Wing typically to survive at least three fully modded shots. And if you get a couple of aids on the way, it's probably taken four. Yeah, I mean, you've got the two shields, six hull there. That's really good, uh, not even just for an ordnance ship. It's also pretty good for a small base ship as well. Um, but it's nice to have that uh, shield to hull ratio because those shields are going to protect you probably from you know a potentially bad crit. Um, but then even once you get into six hull, like, you know, there's a couple crits that are obviously pretty bad for bad reasons, but, uh, uh, you know, a Y-Wing can take a couple of them and still be in a pretty decent spot. All right, now we're getting down to the specifics here with the pilots. I think this is a good one, too. Let's go um, high initiative to low initiative. I always cool. like to talk about the generics last when we're talking about, you know, bomber and ordnance-focused ships. So to start us off, we have at currently 41 points, Nora Wexley, which is a more um, AC-focused ship. Yeah, it's really interesting. So uh, Nora is an Initiative 5 Y-Wing with the ability that reads, while you defend, if there is an enemy ship at range 0 to 1, add one evade result to your dice results. Yeah, so obviously this uh, this is a Y-Wing that actually wants to get into the scrum of the fight and get in close there where you can get the benefit of that extra evade result. Um, which, this is a very powerful ability. Anytime you can add a like full-on usable result to your dice pool is really good, and one that is like doesn't have really a cost associated with it, where you could use it multiple times in a round, um, that's huge too. I like this ability too because it's not like the ship that's shooting at you has to be close. It's just that if there's any ship in range 0 to 1, you get that free evade result. Yeah, imagine being a Y-Wing that you know, if the circumstances were set up right, could get four evades if it's being shot obstructed range three. Like, that seems pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's going to give you, like, an extra turn, if not an extra two turns. Nora is solid. I think the uh, the main gripe here is that she is fairly expensive um, for a Y-Wing. And again, a Y-Wing is a ship that, if it gets shot at, it's generally going to take damage, so you expect that. Um, so its time is limited out on the table. And if you're going to already have to invest more points into her, that is kind of the, the main limiting factor here. And this is a pilot and an ability we also see on her ARC-170 counterpart. We're not going to go into a lot of detail about that, but you know, if you're going to sink points into something, I'd almost rather take the ARC version. Plenty of other Y-Wing pilots, though. Of course, we've got a classic, another classic pilot here, Dutch Vander, with a really good support ability. After you perform the lock action, you may choose a one friendly ship at range 1 to 3. That ship may acquire a lock on the object you locked, ignoring range restrictions. I like Dutch for multiple reasons. So he's relatively inexpensive, I would say, compared to 
other ships that have maybe similar abilities. So he's 40 points. He's initiative four, so he's on the higher end, getting above that middle threshold. And I like that the ability specifically kind of references that the ship that you're going to give that lock to just has to be one to three from him, not from the target that it's locking, which, you know, if you've got a ship that you want to protect for a turn, you just throw your Y-Wing in there to give out that action economy. And, you know, it's a Y-Wing, so it's probably going to survive anyway. Right, and then obviously Dutch could unload some ordnance. Um, Dutch seems like an obvious choice too. If you're focusing on taking lock actions, probably going to throw R three Astromech on here so you can get maximize that ability. Um, but yeah, like if Dutch throws a lock to an X wing that's not quite in the fight yet, so that X wing can set up some ordnance like a proton torpedo, um, chaining those ranges where like yeah, range three to the target and then range three from Dutch. That's a huge span of space. Yeah, I think Dutch is probably my favorite Y wing pilot on the Rebel side. Um, but we do have another Initiative 4 pilot, uh, Horton Psalm, coming in at 37 points. Yeah, so now we've got an ability, whereas Dutch's was very support-focused in boosting other ships, Horton's is a more, quote-unquote, selfish ability. While you perform an attack, you may reroll one attack die for each other friendly ship at range 0 to 1 of the Defender. Seems pretty good if you took this guy with maybe a mini swarm of Z95s or something. Yeah, something inexpensive um, to get the benefit there. Um, this is kind of nice because now you're not, you know, target lock dependent for your rerolls. Um, obviously, you're probably still going to need a target lock to fire off some ordnance, but if you switch your focus to maybe doing a turret or something that's not target lock dependent, getting rerolls on like an ion cannon is really good um, because obviously if you can get that uh, ion token out and you can start controlling how your opponent's ship moves. Uh, that's a whole different level. This one obviously would also be fun with, you know, pair this up with Nora Wexley where Nora's getting in close, so you're getting the free evades from Nora, and then Horton's benefiting because you have a ship at range 0 to 1 of the Defender. I feel like this is something we generally don't talk about a whole lot, but I like the fact that there's multiple abilities within the Y-Wing chassis that are synergistic with other abilities within the Y-Wing chassis. You know, you always see ships that have really good abilities that support other ships or interact with enemy ships. Um but these ones are cool because like any combination of the named Y-Wing abilities work really well with the other Y-Wing named abilities. So I don't know. That's just something I like game design wise. Yeah, there's something fun about when the when the ships really feel like they were designed together. We see that with like TIE Fighters, obviously, where you have uh, Inferno Squadron all has abilities that synergize together. Um, it doesn't get as appreciated as much here because maybe the Y-Wings are a little more expensive generally. Um, but yeah, pretty much all these line up with one another. Even Yvonne Verlaine, she's got the ability at the start of the engagement phase, you may spend one focus token to choose a friendly ship at range 0 to 1. If you do, that ship rolls one additional defense die while defending until the end of the round. There you go. You give that ability to Nora at range 3, obstructed while she's range 1 from another ship, and she's got five evades. Boom. We're just going all Y-Wings all day long. Just do all four named Y-Wings. Perfect. Um, this one, I feel like, I remember playing with this one early on when 2nd Edition launched. Um, it is a powerful ability. So the Intel end of round thing is pretty huge. Um, peg one focus. Um, I think maybe this one hasn't seen as much play because for so long, most Rebel ships that were viable would be at the one or two agility range. And I feel like if you're supporting something that's got three agility, that's really where you start to see the value in this one, getting three up to four. I agree. Uh, it's it's a good ability. You know, she's only 35 points, initiative three, so kind of right at that middle ground. 
again, you can take her for the munitions capacity that she has, you know, because the Y-Wings all have turrets, torpedoes, and devices. Um, but, you know, that ability is pretty good. I think I'm kind of surprised this one doesn't see more play. Um, I kind of forgot it existed, to be <laughs> honest. Um, but now that I'm, like, looking at it, I'm like, that's pretty solid. I don't know why more people don't take this one. But, you know, if you're paying 35 points just for an ability like this on a Y-Wing, like it might feel kind of bad if you're not putting other upgrades into it. And then at that point, you're just, you know, spending a lot of points on one ship that you really only wanted for the ability. Yeah, I think the setup is maybe really the limiting factor here where it's like you have to be close enough with a very slow ship generally. You have to spend your focus token, so that's an action resource that you've already invested points into, so maybe your attacks aren't as good. So I think like the payoff is really huge, but I think the setup is just a little bit more than people want to do in a game. Especially because the Y-Wing is so slow. Like This ability, obviously good with other Y-Wings. Uh, you could pair this up with like a U-Wing, uh, since the U-Wings aren't incredibly fast. You'd probably get mileage out of this ability multiple turns in a row. Um, but yeah, kind of hard to set up. Now we get down to arguably the real stars of the show here. Both of the generics, the Initiative 3 Gold Squadron Veteran coming in at 32 points, and the Initiative 2 Gray Squadron Bomber coming in at 30 points. And really the only difference is the uh, bump in initiative and the gold squadron gets a talent slot. So for two more points, if you've got room in your list for that and you're really dedicated to having a talent upgrade on your Y-Wing, uh, that's not a bad trade-off. You know, two points basically for, you know, two things that the gray squadron doesn't have. Uh, sure, seems like a good deal to me. And I, I think there's some space there, too, with the Gold Squadron Veteran, where if you're doing a card like Hopeful, you know, and you're kind of assuming your other ships are going to get destroyed, being able to perform a uh, free focus or boost action is pretty good for these ships. Like, if you take target locks, one of your friendly ships gets destroyed, then suddenly everyone has focus mods. That seems pretty solid. Really, though, I think the uh, generics here I just highlight what makes the Y-Wing good, which is, like, this is an inexpensive, well-rounded ship where you don't pay that many points, it's got a lot of hit points, and you can equip it any way you want. It's really good for the Rebel Faction too, because at the point range it comes in at, typically, it can fit in as a filler for a lot of different point values. You can tend towards the more expensive, maybe 40-something point Y-Wing, um, and you can really have it focus on a d offensive output. Or you can go for that kind of minimalist, little extra filler ship, where maybe it's a Gray Squadron at 30, two points for R4 Astromech, and two points for a dorsal turret. Like, that seems like a pretty solid build, too. Yeah, and even on the support side of things, you could take that Gold Squadron Veteran with uh, Hopeless and have a little bit of crit mitigation for your other ships. You know, with eight health, like, it can take a couple crits, and if you're not going to put munitions or any other upgrades on them, like, that's a decent little meat shield for 34 points. I think you meant Selfless, but I like the idea of, an, of a talent upgrade called Hopeless. See, I knew it was hopeless, but I was looking at selfless, so I just mixed them in my head. But... It's all good. Yeah, not much more to say on the Y-Wing other than uh, this is a solid ship, an iconic classic Star Wars design. This ship is relatively inexpensive. You can load it out in tons of different ways. It's got pretty much every upgrade slot you could expect for an ordinance ship. Sands, I guess, a missile slot, but you're doing okay with just the torpedoes there. Yeah, and you've got a mix of different pilot abilities and initiatives that I think you can find a spot in just about any Rebel list, um, you know, for one of these Y-Wings, whether it's a generic or a named one, and you're going to get some good mileage out of it, uh, like you said, for a relatively inexpensive cost. 
And of course, we always like to end these episodes by giving some examples of how you could use an Y-Wing in a list. So we we have a good list example today that I feel like fits into kind of the current meta of where, where the Rebel faction's at. Yeah, so this is one that I actually put together. And as a non-Rebel player, I think that maybe this list has some legs. I've seen variations of it played, but uh, this is how I would kind of put my take on it. So starting with the Y-Wing, of course, you have Dutch Vander um, upgraded with a dorsal turret proton torpedoes and that r3 astromech to get some extra locks um, comes in at 57 points so not terrible um, and then you've got garvin Dreas and the x-wing with s foils of course uh, only upgrade on him and then you've got the u-wing benthic two tubes with perceptive co-pilot leia and pivot wing pretty standard loadout for the u-wing i think right now and then the new a-wing shara bay with predator and vectored cannons and the list comes out to a nice 199. Yeah, so this is obviously building on some really good Rebel synergies right now. Um, the Dutch is a little expensive for what I'd expect for a Y-Wing, but I actually think it works in this list because Dutch is definitely not the primary target you want to take out here because the um, token-sharing abilities of Garvin and Benthic have proven to be just so good that I think your opponent's going to be drawn to them where you're like, I can invest the extra point in Dutch to get the extra attack out. Uh, because if my opponent starts shooting Dutch, then Garvin, Benthic, and Shara are just going to tear them up. It's so easy to get multiple ships with double modded shots here in this list because, of course, Dutch's ability to give out target locks. You know, you throw that to, you know, Garvin, he comes in with a focus target lock. He spends his focus, you know, gives it to Shara, who, you know, maybe took a target lock for her action. Uh, just loaded ability here to get double modded shots. And I like that Dutch, Garvin, and Char are all initiative four, uh, which, you know, is just really nice when it comes to list building and play because you can kind of choose the order, you know, at your engagement, you know, which one you want to go when to maximize those sharing abilities. I also like that this um, thematically, this list is on point where it's just a a mishmash of a bunch of different ship types uh, all in one list that work really well together. That's very um, symbolic of how the Rebel Rebel Alliance works in lore. All right, so there you have it. Our look at the Y-Wing, a fun, uh, well-rounded ship. I don't. What, what else is there to say about it, John? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a couple different iterations of the Y-Wing. Um, I think it was fitting to start with the most iconic of the three um, that currently exist. You know, maybe we'll get some more later. Who knows? They always like to. <laughs> they just give us more and more Y wings all the time. So I'm waiting for the Imperial Y wing. That'll be the real, the real big benchmark moment. Yeah. Uh, if you really just want to flex, you know, if you got that uh, the new scum pack, you've got your black Y wings. You can throw those in your Rebel list just to be cool. Um, I think one thing to kind of note before we close out is just how much better the new Y wing sculpt is. It than is. the original one. It's so like, good. <laughs> it looks a little beefier. It's got such good detail. You know, the little engine foil things don't look as sad. Um, it's just a very nice, like, I look at the new Y-Wing and I'm like, yeah, that guy exists to drop bombs. Like, it's thick and it looks nice. And we also don't have that, uh, what was it? Was it the Gold Squadron veteran art that was not proportional in the way it was drawn? Like, one engine yeah. is way bigger than the other. That's yep. kind of... Actually, I may be a little sad that that's gone, because that was uh, kind of a fun fun piece of art. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. 
please consider going on iTunes and leaving the show a five-star review saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen. And if you want to support the show directly, please go on to patreon.com slash radio TCX and become a supporter of the show today. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week.